on the right side of the boat for the catch. Both times, a miraculous catch of fish. It's almost like bookends. One side is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and the other side is, well, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It seems like Jesus is beginning his ministry with these disciples over and over and over again. It's remarkably unremarkable. He's constantly pursuing them. He's constantly teaching them. He's constantly guiding them and leading them. Constantly and always forgiving them. Constantly showing them mercy and grace. It's remarkably unremarkable. And these men, they need it. They need God's grace. But something's different. This is the risen Savior, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He still bears the marks on his hands and in his side of what he has gone through for these men. He has suffered and he has died for them. And his blood was poured out for them. The blood of Jesus poured out for their forgiveness so that he might once again this morning stand on the shore and call them once again. As the disciples recognized Jesus, and that's remarkably unremarkable, <clears throat> they recognize him by the very word that is there, the very word that speaks to them. Children, have you caught any fish? And by this word and by this voice, they recognize him. They recognize Jesus. They recognize him as Lord and Savior. Peter is so excited, he jumps out of the boat. Reminds me of a scene in Forrest Gump. Do you remember when Forrest Gump, he saw Lieutenant Dan up on the, up on the dock? Lieutenant Dan! And he jumps off the boat and starts swimming for it. And this wonderful scene where they meet each other and then the boat goes right behind him into the dock. <clears throat> That's the kind of excitement that Peter had for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He swims up onto shore and finds something remarkably unremarkable. A small little fire up north in the Sea of Galilee out-of-the-way place. Even today, this area is not very busy. It's a tranquil little spot along the sea. There's a church there now called uh, the Church of the Primacy, uh, the place where Jesus reinstated Peter. A remarkably unremarkable little breakfast of a miraculous catch of fish. I probably would have expected something different with Jesus and his pursuit of these disciples. I probably would have expected some kind of fanfare, some kind of huge, amazing celebration, maybe even down at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. 
But no, no, up on the outskirts, up by the Sea of Galilee with something unremarkably remarkably unremarkable as men fishing, Jesus comes. I think that's important for us to realize. Because I think sometimes in our lives we want Jesus to come at those great big moments. And he actually comes at those small little moments, maybe even at the breakfast table. And he comes and he does the very thing for us that he does for Peter and these disciples here. (coughs) Verse 15, it's not in our text, but the text continues after um, the text in our bulletin that when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, Jesus said. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. The words that he spoke to Peter three years before, the same words, follow me. And you remember that the fishermen, they dropped everything and they followed Jesus. And so this day, once again, comes the call, the pursuit of a Lord who will not leave those he loves alone. He comes to them over and over and over. And here he reinstates Peter three times for each time that Peter denied Jesus and reinstates him. And then with the call once again, follow me, Peter once again will drop everything and will follow Jesus. And where will Jesus lead Peter? Where will Jesus lead all the disciples? Where will Jesus lead you and me? He will lead us and them down paths of righteousness for his own name's sake. Did you hear what Jesus said or what the scripture says? Jesus said what he said to Peter to indicate the type of death that Peter, through which Peter would glorify God. That Peter would glorify God through his death? Well, that's right. That's what you and I have been called into. It is remarkably unremarkable, this life of ours. And we live our lives for the glory of God. And when it is time for us to depart our death, it too is for the glory 
of God. My mother taught me that lesson back in 2001 on December 25th, Christmas morning at 10.30 in the morning when she was called home to heaven. She had suffered, amazingly suffered from cancer. She was a ghost of a person. And I, as a vicar, wondered why and how God could do something like this. But you don't come to a realization of how or why until you come to these words that life and death are all to glorify God. And my mom's death was not for herself. It was for the glory of God. I learned that lesson from my mom and from this scripture. That all Jesus has done is has called us into a relationship, a very simple breakfast-type relationship with himself so that we might follow Jesus and bring glory to God both in life and in death. Amen. There's peace in this life and in this death. There's peace in this following of Jesus. May that peace guard your hearts and your minds. Always never focus on your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.